and welcome to the Club Development Scotland podcast brought to you by Supporters Direct Scotland. In this week's podcast, we'll be speaking to Kevin Stewart, chairman of Devon Vale Community Football Club, who are winners of this year's Scottish FA's Community Club of the Year award and fully deserved it was too. In the podcast, we'll be discussing the recent growth of the club and how they've responded to the COVID-19 crisis to support the local community and take their impact as a club beyond providing sport and physical activity to providing essential support to vulnerable people through the setup of their hub, which we'll be looking at in, in a bit of depth. Um, so without further ado, here's Kevin Stewart, Devonvale Community Football Club Chairman. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, firstly, congratulations on winning Best Community Club of the Year, a huge, huge accomplishment. What's the response been like to since since you won the, the award last month? Um, so, so I guess the response has been, I mean, it's been phenomenal. It's been uh, between newspapers and uh, local radio stations, and uh, and and I guess probably one of the biggest things is is getting, I guess, fellow grassroots clubs and fellow local clubs kind of thing, taking the time to um, to basically congratulate congratulate the club and and uh, and and what it's achieved. Um, it's, it's been it's been massive, and it's been quite a good thing. And it's kind of maybe shows shows how much it doesn't only mean to our club but it means to other clubs in our area um because you know we're a small part in the in the northeast and um and i think it's good to see the the regional clubs getting involved as well and sending their congratulations um i guess we, we've also had um local uh, msp Stuart stevenson and mp david duke have sent their sent their uh their well wishes from uh, the House of Commons and the House of Parliament, which has been a, which has been quite amazing. Uh, the Lord Lieutenant of Armshire took the time out just before Christmas as well to, to send his uh, his send his best wishes as well. So no, it's been it's been phenomenal. It's been there's been a lot of there's been a lot of um, social media stuff. There's been a lot of um, lot of attention, if you like, and yeah. uh, which has been which has been really good. It's been really good for everybody at club. Yeah, absolutely, and a sort of a nice recognition for all the efforts, I guess, of of, of everyone involved and all the volunteers involved in the club. Um, yeah. So, just for a bit of background for anyone sort of unaware with the club, could you tell us a bit of the, the kind of the makeup, the setup of the club, how many teams you run, what types of activities, number of participants? Yeah, so it probably goes back a long, a long, a long, long time without going really back too far um but i guess 1985 was when the club first started and and uh and it was actually my my father was one of the co-founding members of the of the original Banff boys back in the day um and i guess things evolved over time i got involved what 14 years ago i did play at the club as well um like i would say probably 90 percent of our coaching team have all played at the club Wow. Or played a part of the club in their time as well, so um, so it's very much, very much. We have got a lot of people giving back, which is which is pleasing to see. Um, and I guess fourteen years ago when I got involved, and it was only because only because my son was ready to go and play football at three years old. Um, I got involved in coaching, um, and at that time it was Devon Youth. Um, so Devon Youth kind of concentrated on primary age group kids right up to primary seven. Um, and then within, obviously, there was Devon Vale 
FC who took the youth, so the under-13s, the under-17s. Um, and then you had Devonvale girls as well, who were just introduced probably, what's that, 14, 15 years ago, um, around about the same time. So I spent three years coaching, if you like. Um, I got involved. I had no intention of getting involved, to be honest, but got involved. Um, spent three years. I guess things kind of... I, I then got pushed on to the committee um, as the club secretary. Um, and there was a real change at that time because the, the football, it was gala football, and you used to spend eight hours at a gala on a, on a, a weekend. You used to train the whole year for three months of football. Um, and then you go to these galas on a Saturday, you go there on a Sunday, you spend eight hours at these galas, um, and it was kicking and screaming, it was jumping and shouting at the sides, and it was, when I look back, it was horrendous, <laughs> because there was so much, so much stuff going on, and the youngsters are under so much pressure, I guess, to perform. Um, and out of that eight hours of that gala day, that kids would maybe spend about maybe 30 to 40 minutes playing time for the whole day. So, um, thankfully, things changed. Um, just about, well, that was three years into my time, uh, the whole pathway changed to the fours, the fives. Um, uh, the fun fours and the fives were introduced, um, and things kind of changed and developed a wee bit. Uh, there was new people got involved in the committee, if you like, at the club, um, and there was a real drive to go and say, right, <clears throat> This is an opportunity to go make change. So, um, so, so I guess through communicating, I think at that time I tried to get everybody involved, or we tried to get that link with Devonville closer. But at that time, it was there wasn't much appetite for it. Um, and then I think I guess as things evolved, um, I kind of it came to primary seven for my youngster, if you like. And I guess my time at the club and already jumped on the quality mark thing and I think when I left we were a development quality club um, which was um, which was a big achievement at the time because I mean we were working with what, 80, 86 kids I think it was um, to then to then it was a case I moved over I'd been asked to get involved with Devon Vale FC to, to maybe to their youth set up and they had already had a long standing reputation for youth but maybe in the last maybe two, three years of that time, it, it kind of dips, maybe maybe near that togetherness, if you like. Um, so I, I got asked, would I would I get involved in something that, yeah, I, I was wanting to, but I, I thought, not sure, this is, a, this is a bigger, it's a bigger fish here. So I thought, nah. Um, and then, then, then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, hey, if I do it, who else is going to do it? Mm. So... Um, I thought, ah, we'll take a bull by your horns and let's get involved. And then I guess at that point, it was them where, right, can we pull Devon Youth, can we pull Devonville Youth and Devonville Girls together and ladies, well, it was only girls at that time, um, pull them together to make one club. Because um, I guess our, our kind of thought is the, the cluster of Banff Academy, the school Banff Academy is a cluster, is what we try to target. So, um but we got everybody together, and, and for then it just kind of stemmed. I mean, Amanda Allen, who's been involved in the girls since day dot, um, she came to me and said, look, can we want to start a ladies' team. And I'm saying, Matt, crack on, go for it. Is the club going to support that? She said, and I was like, absolutely, let's go for it. 
Um, so introduced a ladies team into the into the fold as well. They ran for three years, um, and everything kind of everything kind of pooled itself together, um, and, and we we went from eighty six kids to, to at that point two hundred and fifty kids. Um, I had arranged a meeting um, with all the local clubs, all the local grassroots club, because local football was kind of disappearing a wee bit, mm-hmm. and it was to the point of unless you're willing to travel Aberdeen, local football is basically non-existent. So we'd maybe changed our kind of thing to say, right, we're going to get committed kids and blah, blah, blah. But then if we pull other clubs together, then maybe maybe we could all work on it together to go and um, get everybody playing football. Mm. So... I was meeting up at Banff Academy, up at the school, uh, with all the teams. There was people in the room, so it involved all the local grassroots clubs in that cluster of Banff Academy. Can I maybe just set a vision and said, look, this is how we are set up just now. And I think there was like 12 clubs in in, a, in an area of 10-mile radius of Banff. Um, and, and really, there was a lot of kids who weren't playing football or not involved in football at all. Um, so it was basically a case of, right, this is our vision, let's all come together, be one club, um, and, and let's go and push. So, I mean, I guess at that point, there wasn't much uptake from the, the separate clubs themselves, but I think when the vision went out that this is what we were trying to do, we then started getting players coming into the club, as much as the local grassroots clubs never really... They, they agreed the idea was good, but they weren't sure if the timing was right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't force anybody to go and jump on the bandwagon. All I can do is put the vision of what we're trying to achieve here, um, and then it's up to you guys to decide if you want to come on board or not. Um, but then what we found after that, and when the word got out, and this came one big, one club, um, basically came coming together, I think parents themselves started saying, well, look, and this is an opportunity for us to move because we, we did have, Devonville FC youth did have a kind of, there was that thing around the club that you have to be scouted to play for a club, you've got to be handpicked to play for a club. And we changed that completely. We didn't, we wanted to get away from, we don't want to be a club that you've got to be asked to come and play for us. We want to be a club that, if you were to come and play football, you come and play football. So um, I think when that message kind of went out, things kind of, we, we obviously started getting more players involved, um, which has taken us really to today, where we're sitting maybe three, but we're sitting at 338 kids um, wow. that are registered at the club. And then we've got another 20 kids who are um, who are youngsters who are playing with our mini kickers, who are, who, we, it's a free offering that we, it's a free sessions that we offer um, for kids under three years old, um, three years old and under. Uh, we don't charge fees for it. It's a free session. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so we're only kicking near 350 players just now um, and about 60, 60 coaches we're sitting at. So. Yeah, that's an incredible kind of growth, isn't it? From what? how many did you say you had? 30, 38 kids, was it? To... Uh, we, we had 86 to start 86, with, 86 kids to start with, to, to now we're, we're say, 350 yeah. kids. Yeah, and, and, and just through, I suppose, opening up in a bit of partnership work with 
with nearby clubs, you're able to achieve something much, much bigger, I guess, through not only in terms of numbers, but in terms of impact as well, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I guess historically it used to be the local grassroots clubs only went to primary seven. And then then it was, then it was if you're good enough, you'll go to play Devonville youth under 13. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, you could you potentially could have been sending away maybe 10 to 15 youngsters who maybe didn't make that grade under 13 because... Who in their right mind has got the qualifications or or anything to turn around and say, "Nah, sorry, you're not good enough to continue playing football." Yeah. Um, so, so that's something that we changed to say, "No, we we want to give every youngster an opportunity to to go and continue playing football for as long as they possibly can." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's our thing now, where it used to maybe be right. We've got thirty players at primary seven. And you maybe pick a squad of twenty to go and play under under thirteen, eleven aside football. Now we'll say right, we'll we'll run two teams um, with two squads of fifth, um, so that everybody we're not telling anybody that they're not good enough to play football anymore. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a big that was a big changer for us, I think. Mm. And undoubtedly, that growth has has played a part in 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 your award as the best community club. But there's obviously also the the kind of um, community-facing work that you've been doing over the, the kind of past 12 months and, and COVID's presented lots of lots of challenges for sports clubs of all shapes and sizes. But actually, you as a club have done something quite different in terms of how you deal with that, I guess, or how you can and you can play a part in tackling that and making, this, and making the situation better for everyone. Um, I wanted to specifically ask you about your, your hub, that uh, you've developed in the last twelve months. Could you ask, could you just perhaps tell us a little bit about what the hub is and and how it started? Yeah, so the, we we introduced the hub. Probably was that June, the end of June, start of July, um, and it was always an idea that we had, but it was never one that we could get MD to to jump on or bite the basically bite my hand off if you like. It was always kind of the idea was there, and it kind of started off really as a boot bank um, so there was football boots shin pads there was kits so that anybody in the club who maybe were coming back to football after the lockdown that their boots were too small or their kits are small or, or they didn't have football boots anymore it was just a case of right this is what we're going to offer but once we got <laughs> once we got it started it kind of we got a different feel and we put it out to the community basically to say, look, we are looking for donations of, because we, 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 we very quickly found out that there was a bigger need in the community, um, not just within our club, but within our wider community that people maybe who had, um, who had lost their jobs or been affected by whole COVID um, that maybe being restricted, their funds have been reduced, their incomes being reduced. Uh, so, so we kind of said, right, let, let's put this out to the community, see if we can't get any donations. So we, we just put an appeal out to, to the wider community saying, through Facebook, basically saying, look, we, when we're taking donations of clothes, anything anything that anybody could get um, could get the good use of. Um, so then it kind of stemmed from there. We, we were inundated with donations of clothes. There was, there was toys, there was books, there was activity packs, there was 
sorts of all sorts of things we're going out to support the community to then where I think over since we started we've we've supported about 120 families. Wow. Um, we've fully furnished two flats, <laughs> wow. um, and that's only and that's been like single parents that have came into the into the community um, that have basically got nothing, um, and they came to us looking for help initially just for clothes through conversation and through engaging with them saying well look and how else can we help here and what is your situation and people telling us their situation and we say right let's go and put an appeal out for 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 certain items and and i think initially it was just maybe bedding it was cots for the for the youngster stuff like that um to then it ended up we ended up putting sofas in beds double Single beds, cot beds, there was coffee, TVs, you name it, and, and, and everything for that person to get a good a good start in their life. So, so that was a that was a big story, kind of big kind of good news story, I guess, for kind for us that that hey, we've we've made a difference. Um, we we obviously engage with the other kind the food banks and the and the um, the other community groups that are doing sort of near enough the same kind of thing, and as much as it was not the idea to to tread in MD's toes or to or to double up a, a service that is out there in the community. Um, we basically can we basically found a gap in the market really and said, look, this is where we are, um, because we, we don't we don't take any. There's not any money comes across our our uh, our path. You know, it's we take donations and we distribute it simply. Um, we we don't take donations of money although there are people who have donated since um th- since the build-up of it have donated cash to to further our support mm. um but for coming to us we are giving them clothes whatever it um and it's free mm-hmm. you know it's um because can we, we have realized that the people who are coming to us are, are people who need help mm-hmm. um and we are simply here just to help people, um, and that's not putting any more financial strain onto them, or or uh, or for us to to have financial gain for that. It's simply a pure, purely and simply just for us to help people in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been hey, it's been fantastic. It's been it's it's been phenomenal since the start, um, and um, and hey, long maybe I guess. Christmas time as well was was um, was one of the things that how can we get kids involved, get the kids at the club involved, to, so that they they are feeling part of, part of the community hub as well. Um, so we introduced a uh, Advent uh, it was a reverse initiative. So we basically gave every team. So we've got seventeen teams at the club. So we gave every team a, a list of items. So come. 10th of December it was so come the 10th of December each team would then basically donate a hamper with the items that we had we had put in a list so a team does they've done every year we always support charity and it's kind of a lot of the time it's been like last year was a, a home start Devrams a local charity here who we've been a Christmas jumper um Christmas jumper um training sessions and they donate to the cause, blah, blah, blah. 
we did it with Cash for Kids the year before. But this year, instead of taking the, the cash donations, we were taking food donations. Mm. Um, so ended up we we ended up with thirty five thirty five hampers. I think we ended up with um, and thirty five families that we supported. So although we had the items on on our list, we then got people who donated veg. We got that uh, is there was. The veg, the local butcher, uh, we local butcher, and he was wanting to support and help as well. So we ended up, uh, we ended up supplying thirty-five turkeys with uh, with all the trimmings, you know. Um, so that was a massive, that was a big, big boost to these hampers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so John Stewart, a local butcher here, he um, he had kind Andy there had supplied these turkeys and. In the local, um, all the trimmings, if you like, for for the Christmas lunch, veg veg was supplied. There was there was all sorts of things, you know. The puddings were supplied by Annie's Cakery, a local business here as well. Um, and then the Nowsatel and Macduff, they had um, they had supplied two extra hampers that that we distributed out to um, to a, one another family that through social work um, that uh, that were looking for support. And then we actually had a well, it was a kind of wasn't a very good, but locally we had a we had a break into a family who um, who who the the father is basically terminally ill. Mm. Um, it was an opportunity for us as much as the family weren't. Um, I mean, they're not placed in a bad way financially, but it was a goodwill gesture. And we said, "Look, hey, take us from us. It's something less to think about." Christmas is three days away. Um, go and have have your Christmas lunch and and all the trimmings on us, if you like. So, mm-hmm. so it was good that we were able to support that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so there's been a, there's been a lot of things for the reverse advent. Um, we've had a, we've had a few initiatives. Our local radio station has has got on and they've promoted us. Um, we've had we've had the local um, car detailing enhancement. Uh, Body bodywork place Stuart Jean, uh, bodywork they donated a, a, a an enhanced detail and ceramic coating kind of thing which raised a thousand pounds into the club as well so um, or into the hub so um, so people have people have certainly pulled together over Christmas to to go and help and and support uh, one another through the through this rocky period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 impact is quite incredible, really, for a for a community club. And I guess it demonstrates what a club can do within its community, sort of outwit just providing physical activity and sport. You know, being able to assist with those yeah. kind of things is is huge. And and I guess you, as a football club in the heart of that community, are kind of uniquely placed to be able to assist with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think it's one of the things that. Powerful's a very, very uh, football's a very, very powerful. Um, it's a powerful sport, you know. And if we can use the power of football to further uh, gain our community and develop and support, then uh, we, we've got the use advantage. Um, and there's many other other community communities can do exactly the same thing yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and it, if you've got that reputation, it helps as well. Um, and and I think with the hub starting up, it was a it was a certainly a I mean we we went from two volunteers to, 
to, I think we've got what, eight now. Um, we've got eight volunteers. Um, we did put an appeal out for more volunteers for the hub and we ended up getting like 15 people applying, you know. Um, so it's it's been fantastic that people within the club are, are volunteering at the hub as well. But we've also got people out with the club that, that just want to, want to do something for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've seen the, the hub as a way to do that. So it's been fantastic. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and when when you won the... Um the award last month the SFA produced a, a really nice video about the club and in the video you mentioned about a kind of recent shift in the philosophy of the club um, and I guess all of everything you've described there is sort of exemplifies that and how that works in practice but I wondered if you could just expand on how you kind of reached that point where you decided you wanted to do more than just you know be a be a community club I guess yeah I, th- I think I think it probably goes back I would probably say it maybe goes back, try to think when it was, would that be five years ago? Um, I was fortunate enough to, to go to Denmark with um, with a Scottish FA, FA North region. So there was there was a squad of, I think, what was there, 12 of us, I think, it went over um, on a study trip to see how, how other countries go about their business and how other clubs are set up and... and and it was an absolutely amazing experience, um, and, and and one that I'll never forget, again, for various various reasons. But um, I think one of the biggest things that that I found in Denmark was that there was just that whole big community feel that, and 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 I, a lot of it's driven by government as well, mm. um, and how they support football um, or support sport in general. Uh, not necessarily football, um, but how they support sport from a financial point of view as well to to basically trying to get everybody playing it. I mean, because there were some clubs there that were that wasn't just about uh, football. They they had they had basketball, they had netball, they had they had all sorts of different sports all playing under the same badge. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a. a I guess a grassroots club similar to us who who had all the teams under the sun. They had they had their own setup. They had their own pavilion. But there was just that whole community feel that people were feeling part of something bigger, you know, mm-hmm. um, helping each other. And I guess from there, that maybe inspired me a wee bit. I wouldn't say a wee bit, probably a massive part. That that when I came back for there, I'm thinking myself, right, I I need to. I need to try and change this whole, I guess, the philosophy and how we set up and how we go about our business. And I, I guess, probably from that point, it was, it was right. Let Let's be a club that's open. Let's be a club that's open to all. Um, and can we develop other areas that isn't just on performance football? Mm-hmm. Because very much, and I mean, hey, football is a sport that everybody wants to win. Um, but maybe sometimes through the past that we've maybe missed opportunities because we've just focused on winning that A-League, not interested in teams playing B-League or C-League and stuff like that, and maybe forgetting about actual youngsters themselves that and how how much they change and develop at different times in their, in their, their football pathway. Um, 
so so I guess changing that maybe try to get that that ethos that yeah we are a club for all and if you want to play football you come and play football mm-hmm. we aren't we aren't going to tell you not sorry you're not good enough you're not getting to play for the Devonville community now it's a basically a case of right let's open it up let's get as much teams as we can playing and as much youngsters playing football but at the same time thinking how can we how can we get this club back out into the community and doing other things? Mm-hmm. Um, the hub's just a, I guess the hub's a, I'm saying it's just a start, how it's expanded and how that reputation has got on in a very short space of time has is, is been phenomenal. So, um, so I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess it's just changing that to say, look, we, we need to go and grow. We want to grow. We want to build. We want to develop. But not only football, we have to be going supporting other initiatives. Mm. I, suppose, um, I suppose that... that... Um, we, we do have great plans. Sorry? I was just going to say, I suppose that takes me quite nicely on to my last question, which is, what kind of other things do you have planned for the future? You know, obviously the Hub has already made such a, a, a widespread impact within the community, but I know that you and the club have lots of plans for the future, so... Um, what kind of what kind of initiatives? What kind of things are you kind of looking at that you can go and add value to within within the local area? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I guess hey, you're fully aware we're we're uh, we're waiting on a skill application to come back, um, which which for us is is um, is being kind of it's it's probably going to push us in in, a, in another direction um, where can we expand the hub? Can we introduce a community cafe? Can we introduce new facilities? Can we maybe go and take on a facility? Can we take ownership of a facility? Or maybe an asset transfer of a facility? Um, or maybe use the, the Community Empowerment Act to, to go and take on a facility that is already in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we are at the point now where, where we need to take ownership of a facility or maybe a few facilities mm-hmm. um, so that we can maybe put what we spend on on uh, on council-run um, training facilities can we can we take that that expenditure out of maybe not i wouldn't say out of the council port but but maybe putting it back into a facility we can further develop mm-hmm. um because it I all I all, I always grudge every year when when I see the when I see the balance of how much we pay for council facilities, but but at the same time, I, I, can I always think myself right? How can we further develop that push to develop our own facility for the benefit and not just us, but for the future generations to come? So yeah, um, so there's big big plans. I think it's just getting it's just putting them into practice and and getting things uh, getting things moving. Well, I really look forward to seeing what happens with that in the near future. I, I have no doubt that we'll see uh, a few more very exciting initiatives develop at the club in the near future. And thank you very much. For, oh, fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah, well, I, I, and, and hopefully, you know, there'll be somebody listening to this, much like your trip to Denmark, that hears that and sees, it, you know, an example of best practice and um, can go and apply that at their own club. So thank you very much for taking your time to uh, to come speak to us. No worries, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time as well. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much, Kevin. I I enjoyed that.
Uh, was that good enough? Did yeah. I, I didn't know waffle too much. Did no. So there you have it. That was Kevin Stewart, chairman of Devonvale Community Football Club, who were winners of the Scottish FA's 2020 Community Club of the Year Award. Um, I found that really, really fascinating. Just listening to some of the things that Kevin and, and, and the club have been doing throughout the, the local area. Um, genuinely very inspiring and already sort of lots of food for thought. And hopefully there's um, people listening to this podcast that are, are already thinking about the different things that they could be doing within their local local area uh, to, to develop the club's impact within it. Um, hopefully you enjoyed listening to that and um, we'll be back next week with another podcast. So until then, see you later.